Hey guys, it's been a while since I did a podcast. Hope everyone is well and safe. On this podcast, I have Mihal Gandhi, who is a financial planner here in Vancouver. Enjoy. Uh, Mihal, tell us a little more about yourself. Yeah, first and foremost, thanks for the opportunity. You know, we've been trying to get this going for a while here, and uh, um, I think that uh, this is a good time to be able to sort of share my thoughts. Um, as you said, I'm, I'm a financial planner. Um, I do have my CFP designation, which um, uh, I think is important. We'll talk about that later. Um, I've been in the industry for about 12 years now um, and really uh, sort of pride myself on on providing holistic financial planning, which is one of those horrible buzzwords in the industry, holistic financial planning. I actually just cringe, cringe at just hearing it, hearing myself say it. But I think now more than ever, we're really seeing how important it is for individuals to have integrated plans, which kind of look at everything, not just the investments or the insurance or, or, or things like that. So we, we met probably about, was it last summer? Uh, yeah, last fall, I think, maybe September. Yeah, I, I remember the weather was really good when we were sitting, uh, sitting inside right. there, right? It was, it was, quite, it was quite nice. Uh, and, and at that point, we were talking a lot about uh, savings accounts, uh, and, and the younger generation not not saving enough, and then we we have more talk on on social media and platform and, and, and things like that. But now with with uh, with COVID uh, really affecting people, um, savings is is very very important, and the and the, the ones that did not save are being affected today. Uh, do you want to just talk a little more about that? You know, Sunil, and oftentimes. You know, like these in times of crises, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So now it's so clear to so many Canadians uh, out there uh, that uh, how important it was to have an emergency savings, to have um, you know one month, three months, six months, one year's worth of savings or expenses stashed away. Um, and you know, we might be running into a position now or a situation now where the three months of savings that financial planners like myself typically recommend might not be enough. Um, and thankfully, you know, we live in a country where our government's able to provide um, relief and support to, to, to Canadians, which is amazing. We should all be thankful for that. Mm -hmm. but you've always got to take care of uh, yourself first and foremost, right? Um, so, and I still believe that uh, if there, there are, you know, positive things that can come out of this, you know, we always want to try to find the silver lining. I think it's, you know, learning going forward that things like this can happen. The, the unexpected happens uh, and we need to be prepared. So having, creating the habit of saving, I think is the most important thing to focus on, right? People can say, well, I don't have enough discretionary or extra income every month to put away, or I can't put enough, enough away. It might only be $10 or 25 bucks a month. That's not the point. The point is we're trying to create habits here. And as your career advances, your income increases, your businesses start being more profitable. You've already built that habit and you'll start saving more and more. Um, but it's really the psychological and the emotional side of, of financial planning that I'm most interested in and that I try to impress upon my clients. I like that it becomes a habit, even though whatever, how much it is right now in the beginning, uh, the more and more you do it, uh, you know, obviously the money will grow eventually. And, and it's just, it's all about habit. So three months is what you guys um, recommend. That's like your, you know, from every, you know, even growing up as a kid, when I got my first job, you know, the, that sort of rule of thumb was always put away three months worth of, of, uh, of um, expenses. Now, 
obviously when we sit down with clients, we take a more personalized approach. We really try to take a look at what their expenses are like, um, whether they're business owners, self-employed versus being in, in a career uh, or sorry, as, as an employee, um, you know, what type of benefits they're given through their, their employer, things like that. We can really determine how much, how much they need to have put away. So I just um, want to, sorry, sorry, go ahead, continue on. Yeah, so, and I work primarily with business owners, and for business owners, it becomes even more important because we're not only just talking about putting money away um, for, for personal emergency purposes, but also for uh, corporate or company emergency purposes. So do you have an emergency fund uh, in your business or liquidity in your business or access to, to cash in times like these where if your business is suffering, you can, you can at least um, uh, survive for mm-hmm. a particular period of time? Now, for, for companies and even individuals who's, who are having a, you know, a hard time just even getting by and paying bills, how do you suggest them start? <laughs> That's it, right? I mean, when you're a new business owner, uh, you know, having, being an entrepreneur myself, um, I, I would say that in the first few years, it's so hard to even think about that. Yeah. I mean, that is the risk, the inherent risk of being an entrepreneur right? You're, you're skating on thin ice to use a, uh, you know, a Canadian hockey analogy. And, and, and a lot of times, you know, if that ice falls from beneath you, you, you're, you're, you can drown. Um, and that's the risk we all take. And, and hopefully that risk provides a payoff. However, when you're going into business is where I believe you, ha- you should take the time to create that cushion. So if whether you're leaving an employer and, mo- and going into entrepreneurship, um, whether you, um, maybe you and some friends are deciding to go uh, turn your side hustle into, into a full-time, make sure you have that financial um, cushion um, to uh, absorb any uh, issues you might run into in, in, the, in, the, in the early years before you're actually profitable. That might mean an emergency account. That might mean you have a partner that has a consistent income or a solid income that you can kind of rely on. Um, that might mean a lot of things. That might even mean access to, to credit. Uh, to, to, to affordable, cheap, cheaper credit um, to sort of protect you. Um, but again, you know, it's about having a plan mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Jumping into things, you know, it's really, you can get really excited by an idea, by, by a service, and you want to go ahead and open this business. But I think that any financial planner, um, small business banker, um, you know, people like that will always say, hey, what's your business plan and what's your contingency plan? A plan that somebody sticks to is is the main thing. I, I know a lot of people that have plans, but you know, two months later, or sometimes even you know, with within a week, it's the plan is shredded or they're not, they're not following that. So yeah, that, that is very important. And then having somebody to uh, uh, to fall well, not somebody, but having something to fall back on if it's even a lot of credit on your house or a lot of credit on on a business, which is very hard to get. Yeah, even for an established business. Uh, but having something there to fall back on is uh, is key. And then also, uh, here's the thing: when you when you want to get into business and you have a job already, there's no need to leave that job. You you can you can do it at nighttime. You can do it at evenings. You can do it on weekends. And once this once the company starts taking off and you know you can actually exit, that's I think that's a better advice than uh, than just jumping away. And, and starting it. I know I it, it's different for a lot of people. I, I think that the traditional um, view on that was, you know, the very 
um, alpha sort of mentality of you got to jump in with both feet and throw caution to the wind. And, and, you know, you got to be, you got to be take on that risk. And it's the only way you're going to really be successful is by committing hundred percent and just, you know, you know, the, as an entrepreneur is, is what I'm sort of referring to. But I think today with the different ways you can be an entrepreneur, the different ways you can set up that side hustle, the different um, types of businesses that exist out there and the technology that you can leverage, I think you're spot on. You can do it smarter today. You can be more cautious and, and really, um, uh, like I said, leverage the tools and the resources out there to really do it in a more systematic, thoughtful way and not have to be that, that, that hero. Now, certain businesses are, Gonna, are going to be very, you know, labor intensive uh, mm-hmm. initially, and you're going to have to really jump in with both feet. Um, certain businesses, uh, certain business owners and entrepreneurs are still going to prescribe to that mentality. If you got to jump in with both feet, I mean, for the longest time, I, I believe the same thing. And to a certain extent, I still do, mm-hmm. depending on the type of business. But I think you're right. I think you really need to, um, if the opportunity is there, to be able to do it in a, in a more controlled, planned out way. I think it's the best way to go about it. Yeah, cutting expenses as well, and there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of ways around that, right? But uh, in, income is like the, the bills don't stop, right? Even no. though the income's not coming in, the bills don't stop. So you gotta there, there's got to be a way to uh, to pay those. Correct. Correct. Uh, any any tips for not business now for individuals to save or even cut back? I know a lot of people are saying, "Hey, look, you know what? This is what I make, and I'm a mortgage, I have my rent, I got food costs, I have everything else, and at the end of the day, I'm negative." what's what's your uh what's your take on that yeah i love your advice on that yeah i love you asked that question it's something i'm 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 super passionate about um first and foremost have a budget (laughs) right um you know you're 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 gonna see improvement in things that you measure right that's a that's a well-documented phenomenon um whether it's economics whether it's human human performance when you start measuring things um you start improving uh, just because you're aware, right? So that's where I would say start with that. That's the tip number one. Um, know what, what's coming in, know what's coming out every month. And the next thing I would say is, again, creating those habits. So, you know, what is that amount that you know you can save on a monthly basis? And put that away first. The old Warren Buffett adage, pay yourself first, right? And then, uh, and then pay others after. Or, you know, it's better to uh, save first and spend what's left versus spend first and save what's left. Because oftentimes there's nothing left. Um, And a more sort of modern practical tip that I can give is, dude, you know this uh, as well as everybody else, those subscriptions. You know, we live in a subscription-based economy now. Every company is trying to figure out a way to get their customers and clients latched onto some kind of subscription service because it's great for the bottom line. It's great mm-hmm. for their, their balance sheets and their, their, their financials. But we can get tripped up in the, in, in the dozens and dozens of subscriptions that we have coming off our credit cards uh, or, or checking accounts on a monthly basis that we're not even aware of anymore. You sign up for stuff and you might not even be using it right? It used to be, it was just the gym membership, right? Everyone mm-hmm. had a gym membership, but no one went to the gym. That was like, you know, the, the, uh, the best business to be in was having a gym and offering membership. But now you think about it, you got your Netflix and your Spotify, and you can now get subscriptions for coffee and for um, shaving blades and for clothes now and all these different things that kind of add up. And you think it's this great service because the service they provide is amazing. The packaging aesthetically is so pleasing. It's so easy to, to re-up and to, to reorder and things like that. And you seem to forget, first and foremost, uh, what you've committed to. Second of all, 
you don't stop and think if this is something you really still need, right? So that control is somewhat gone and that adds up. So now you're spending, you know, I've sat down with clients and gone through subscription, uh, sort of clearing out the different subscriptions and sort of just going through seeing what they need and what they don't need. And you can see five, $600 a month going to, into prescriptions that honestly clients do not need. Um, and I think that's, that's a great way to sort of go through. I, I, I recommend everyone go through there and audit their subscription list. I think there's how, software how out there as well. I would say once, uh, twice a year. Twice a year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you can do it in a quarterly and you're really on it and you've got the Excel spreadsheets and all that and you're, that's great. I mean, the more prepared, the better. Um, I'm not saying don't enjoy life. You know, some of those subscriptions are, are, are fantastic and it's really made life easier and, 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 and more enjoyable. And at times like this, you know, when we're, when we're locked down, uh, trying to get someone to cancel their Netflix would be, you know, uh, a <laughs> thing to suggest, <laughs> but but, uh, but I do think you know at least uh, once or twice a year you should go through and just audit and keep track of what your expenses are as a whole. Good point. You still Very good point. Mm-hmm. Especially now, more than ever, um, you know when people are are are, are seeing their incomes, uh, their household incomes uh, uh, reduce significantly. Uh, let's go through there and see what you need and what you don't need. No, I, I get that. Uh, final thoughts. What do, what do you think here in the next? Uh, uh, 12 to 18 months for for people returning back to work and and uh, any investment tips any 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 advice you can give yeah absolutely um my my feeling on this really seems to be the interjection or the crossover point between the economy and the virus itself right so i don't truly believe we see a real economic bounce back until we really have a handle on this virus, which means um, cheap, uh, readily available uh, testing and a viable um, legitimate vaccine, um, which is supported by, uh, by governments around the world. Um, and also we have to, as Canadians, remember that it's not only, when we're talking about the economy in, in, in general, it's not only about um, the Canadian economy. It's not real only about how the virus is faring in Canada. We do need to look at the neighbors down south. We do need to look at Europe, the UK, especially uh, larger countries with larger economies because the overall world economy, the overall stock market is really going to um, move back up um, out of this, uh, this mar- bear market or depression uh, or bottom when the larger economies of the world um, get a handle on the virus. So as Canadians, we have this tendency to really focus on what's happening at home, um, but we really need to look at this as a global plant pandemic because that's what it is and see how that's going to move. So my tips are, as far as getting back to work, I think we're still, you know, no expert, but I think we're probably fairly a couple months away. Um, every province is different. In BC here, we seem to be doing a really great job and I'm really proud of, uh, you know, the, the, the response the government's had and how, you know, the, communities have really pulled together to, to really flatten this curve, as they say. And it looks like we're heading in the right direction and hopefully we can kind of get back to work sooner rather than later. I know uh, Ontario and Quebec, it's a little bit more challenging and, and they have their, their struggles out there, but I think we do ha- nationally have it, um, seem to have a good control of it compared to other countries. From an investing standpoint, if you are of the mind um, which which I seem to which I'm seeing to be prevalent, and I'm happy 
that it seems like Canadian investors have really learned from 2008 and realized that when the market drops like this, A, don't panic. B, you got to commit to writing it out and stick to the plan. And C, if you have extra cash, it's a good time to deploy it. So if that's the mindset that your listeners have, um, then what I would say is make sure, A, you're revisiting your plan. You're making adjustments, especially if you're close to retirement. You should be going back to your integrated financial plan and making the adjustments necessary. If you don't have an integrated financial plan, this is the time to get one. This is really the time. That looks at everything, you know, not just retirement, um, but really encompasses everything. Um, for those individuals that are looking to deploy cash, let's do it in a controlled way. Don't take a whole lump sum and throw it in the market. Let's deploy it over a systematic period of time. Take care of that. Uh, take advantage of that dollar cost averaging, um, because we are going to see a lot of volatility in the market for time for a lot of time uh, here. Um, and uh, you want to make sure that you're sort of averaging that volatility out or smooth, smoothing that curve. Um, so that those are my investment tips. Um, and you know what? Now is a great time to uh, learn. Um, to, to, to learn. If you're new to investing, learn about it, read about it, um, and, and reach out to people you know in your circle, um, you know, whether they're financial professionals um, or people with experience. This is a good time to really get a handle on it. Things are slow. People have a lot of time on their hands. You know, let's use this time to, 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 to get better and to learn new things. Turn Netflix off for 10 minutes and read about, you. You, know, you know, financial and, uh, you know, how you can get ahead with, uh, with this. Correct. Work on that side hustle. There's so many things that we can be doing now, um, which I think, uh, you know, uh, we are, again, we have to find the silver lining in all of this madness. And, and I think, you know, there are some opportunities, you know, spend time with family, reconnect with old friends using the technology and just enrich, try to keep your life enriched. Yeah, look at this. Like we tried to get get together for ten months and finally meeting over Zoom. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's interesting. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Um, I would say, you know, final thoughts for this is this is same and different. You know, from a from a mar from a market standpoint, from an investing standpoint, a global economic standpoint, this is same and different. It's the same because we've seen crashes before. We've seen corrections before. Um, 2008, uh, 2018 was definitely, a, a, the end of 2018 was certainly could be considered a, a, a mild correction. Um, and we've all seen how different behaviors uh, are rewarded um, or penalized uh, in the midst of and after those crashes. Acting hastily, acting on emotion, acting without a plan, uh, you are going to be punished. It's going to be detrimental. But if you have uh, a, a plan, you have an advisor that holds you accountable and that mm -hmm. can help manage your emotions. We can see that those individuals usually come out of this, um, um, you know, ahead, so to speak, and in the long run. Um, yeah, so that that would be my 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 big thing. But it's it's different because this is a very different reason. This is an events-based correction or crash. Um, it's not financial based, right? It's, it's more health. Based. It's 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 health based, and and you know, going back to what you said earlier, right? Like in two thousand eight, when people were jumping and selling, right? People weren't really doing that this time because it wasn't financially related. It was more health related. So I don't think they were thinking about that. They're more thinking about you know how to protect the family, how to keep my job, how to uh, how to buy toilet paper, right? Absolutely. And, and, Absolutely. and like you know that that kind of stuff was more important than uh, than selling, right? Totally. And I think still, I think still today, there's individuals out there, you know, uh, that don't fully understand what happened in 2008. 
your average investor, your average uh, Canadian uh, probably doesn't have a, a total grasp or handle. Because it wasn't really, you know, was I'm not sure. Years. There was a yeah. lot of things that weren't disclosed. But people yeah. understand this. People understand this very clearly. There is a health pandemic. We can't, life has changed as we know it. And I, this, for that reason, I think it's going to take a lot longer to get out of this because the government can't come out and say, okay, listen, guys, everything's fine. You know, no matter who stands up on what podium in front of the press and says that it's time to get back to work or we're going to be fine in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, the public knows. Like, we'll see it when we, we'll believe it when we see it. And Consumer confidence has to come back before the economy be starts coming back. That's going to be challenging. challenging. Yeah. You need a vaccine. You need to really have people, you know, I have a, my, uh, my cousin actually owns a, a gym in uh, downtown Toronto. Amazing location. Wonderful gym. Ferris 360. I'm going to give them a plug. Check it out. They're phenomenal. They're doing a lot of online workouts right now. But um, he made a great point. He's like, you think after this thing was to end tomorrow and businesses were to open, you think people are going to run into a gym all of a sudden or run into a theater and watch a movie? No, it's going to take some time for things to get back to normal and for that confidence to come back, like you said, spot on. Actually, I've been talking to a couple of friends here in the last couple of weeks, you know, people that never cooked. And now they're, they're starting to, and they enjoy it. It's, it's a stress relief for them. And like, man, my food is really, really good. They're not rushing back. No. Right? Why would you? Right? right? Exactly. Everyone's you know, baking bread now, right? Everyone's baking bread at home now. Yeah. That's the big thing. Well, you're, you're, you're saving money on top of that, right? You don't have to, you don't have to spend it. And like half the time, the, the food is better. It is healthier, right. better. You have more control. And you're learning new skills. And you're most likely sitting around the table with your family and having conversations. and. Hopefully, again, you know, there's some positives that can come out of this. Yeah. Is it con- uh, consumer confidence? I, I'm not saying don't go to restaurants. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of restaurants. And you know, we have a lot of uh, people that watch the, the podcast here uh, or listen to it. And they, they own restaurants. Uh, you know, that's, that's a good thing. You know, go and, and catch up with people. Um, but also, you know, cutting back. That's another way of, of saving is, uh, is cutting back on uh, the, the amount you go to eat and drink and save that money. Save that money. It Go, goes further. You know, the, I'm not saying this is a recession, but I, I have a good feeling we're heading into one. And this happens every eight, nine, ten years. So when the next one comes, when you have that bucket of cash sitting, you reach out to guys like you and, uh, and invest that in, into, uh, into markets. Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like you said, like I we start off the top of this, you know, hindsight's 2020. 20. Hopefully people are, are able to recognize that. Uh, um, you know, what, what changes they can make going forward. Cause like you said, this is cyclical. It is going to come back. It's going to happen again. Um, you know, I think that pandemics like this viruses, like this health crisis, like this are things that are, might happen a little bit more often than we're used to going forward. And we need to sort of kind of adjust to this new norm as well. Um, and, uh, and it's time to really get, get, get your house in order and, and, and and you know, start doing the things that you can do to make sure that next time this happens, uh, um, it's uh, you're you're not you're not uh, you're you're somewhat protected, right? And uh, again, it's about the habits. Start building the habits. Most important thing out of this whole conversation is 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 the habit. How do people get a hold of you? Man, um, we'll have Instagram, your links below. So uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. In- Instagram, I'm on Instagram a lot. Uh, LinkedIn a lot, and of course, email. Um, but love uh, interacting with people on, on Instagram for sure. It's, uh, it's probably where I live the most. Awesome. Thanks for your time, brother. Keep safe. I uh, appreciate it. You as well, man. Appreciate awesome, it. Man. All the best. Take care. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye.